praise the Lord. May the Lord continue to bless you. May the word of God dwell in you richly and that you have understanding of the word and walk therein in the name of Jesus. Our scripture reading tonight will come from uh, the book of Genesis and the third chapter, verse 1 through 13 in the New King James Version. Then we're going to back up to Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17 because we need that clarity in order to proceed correctly uh, in Genesis 3. Amen. So in the Genesis, the third chapter, verse 1 through 13 in the New King James Version, uh, it says this, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, Glory to God, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the Satan, to say to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the, of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, we shall not eat nor touch, lest we die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the, both, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sold fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Amen. And they heard the and they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? And then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, glory to God, said to the woman, what, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me. And I ate. Glory to God. Genesis now, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. And this is what God really said. Amen. Then the Lord God took the man and put, uh, amen, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day you eat. Amen. You eat of it. You shall surely die. That's what the Lord said. Amen. The Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that one tree you shall not eat for the day that you eat of it. You shall surely die die. That's what the Lord said. Praise God. Amen. Um, today, I want to deal with this. Amen. Knowing your enemy. 
knowing your enemy. Praise God. Every believer must, uh, amen, learn, must study, amen, to know the past history of the enemy's patterns that have caused the people of God to fall, amen, and then as a result of falling, be at odds with the creator, amen. We must take, we must take note of every demonic activity, praise God, that uh, that way we become more and more wise as the time go on. We must take note. Tonight, I got four ways that the enemy has manifested itself, himself in the, in the word of God to deceive, to trick up, amen, to cause men to sin. Number one is through deception. Amen. Number two, temptation. Number three, distractions. And number four, oppression. Amen. Say again, number one, deception. Number two is temptation. Number three is distraction. And number four, oppression. When we look at the text in Genesis 3, we find out that this deception turns over and is the segue into temptation. First the deception, then the temptation. Praise God. Amen. And so we must uh, make ourselves, uh, you know, even more aware of what's going on so that we become knowledgeable on how to overcome the enemy. Amen. So we, make, we must make a conscious choice to use every manifestation of the schemes of the enemy to make us more wise, to make us more strong, make us more determined, and make us more empowered. Amen. We must use every scheme. Praise God. So what we want to do as he's Amen. Continue to manifest his scheme. Uh, really, all he is doing is an unwitting accomplice in his own demise. If the enemy had known what he was doing, he wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory. Now, beloved, are you sons of God? So God just used him to be an accomplice in his own demise. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, and when you start reading in the book of Genesis and in the third chapter, what you will find out is a pattern that we must study out and pay very close attention to every word that we see in that. Play every, pay very close attention to every word that we see, amen, in Genesis 3. Amen. Because what you have is in the first book, with the first man and the first marriage, you see the first fall and the patterns that resulted in that fall. Praise God. That's what you see. And you may take, we must pay closest, close attention to that pattern. In the book of Genesis, you see several things that is theology, the, theology <laughs> amen, called in theology the uh, law of first mentioning. You've heard me say that before. So the first time you see the adversary and the, that resulted in the first fall of the first man, the first marriage, amen, there's a pattern that we see that sets the course for the rest of the Bible. Amen. He does not deviate. Uh, times change, faces change, people change. But the basic concept of what the enemy uses is, amen, basically the same. Amen. Different patterns, but basically the same thing that is that is used, amen, uh, throughout time. Glory to God. 
And the first thing that you see is deception. The first thing that you see is deception. And so as a result, we, we can look around now, amen, and many are being deceived, amen. Strong deception going around in the earth realm. And so what does it mean to be deceived? I was utterly shocked when I started looking up definitions uh, of what it means, the word deceive mean. I, w- I was utterly surprised, amen, that it fit the bill, fit the description of the enemy. Glory to God, amen. The word deceive, it means to cause someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. That's important. Glory to God. To call someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. For the first definition of deception, or what it means to deceive, I got three. Uh, The second one, it means to lie, to mislead, amen, otherwise hide or distort the truth. It means to lie, to mislead, or otherwise hide, or here's the word, distort the truth. Glory to God. Amen. The last definition, the third and last, it means to persuade someone that something false is true. Amen. Or to keep the truth hidden from someone, glory to God, in order to take advantage. It means to persuade that something is that's uh, false, to persuade that it's true. Glory to God. So all of that you see in the first dialogue with the serpent and the woman encompasses the very definition of deception. All that you see in that dialogue between the serpent and the woman encompasses the definition of deception. Amen. It says to cause someone to believe something that is not true, to persuade someone to believe the false instead of the lie. Amen. Uh, in order to gain an advantage, in order to gain some advantage. So when you look at the pattern, when you look at the pattern that you see in the book of Genesis, uh, in starting with verse one in chapter three, you're going to see this deception played out, praise God, in a real dramatic way in the first family, the first marriage. Praise God. Let's look at that. It says, now the serpent was more cunning, amen, so, or crafty. If you're going to uh, really walk in holiness, you got to understand that the enemy is cunning. He's, he's a schemer, amen, than any beast of the field. And I wish I had time, amen, to just explain any beast of the field. And it's just basically this. When you see the animal kingdom, the animal kingdom is a physical manifestation of the activities that go on in the in the spirit in the realm of darkness. It is a it is a mirror, praise God, Amen. Of what's going on, the animal kingdom, praise God, is a mirror of what's going on in the demonic kingdom. And I don't have time to deal with all of that. But anyway, the serpents are more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and He said to the woman. Has God indeed, amen, has he indeed said? In the New Living Translation, it says it like this, praise God. 
Amen. Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Did God really say? So the serpent chose his target, amen, which was the woman that was not present when the first command was given, amen, and he, his target was the woman and through dialogue, through conversation, glory to God, amen. He says to, did God really say? So he started out with doubt to create, amen, a uh, doubt. Praise God. The purpose of that first sentence was to arise doubt, amen, by creating confusion about what God really said. Let's, let's think about that. Let's think about that. So the first Adam was deceived by what God really said. The second Adam, amen, was not deceived like that because the second Adam says it is written. Glory to God. So, amen, the, in the temptation in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, Jesus says it is written. Every time the enemy threw in a distorted version of the truth, he says it is written. That's our, that's our remedy. Amen. What's written? The question was, did God really say, has indeed God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Amen. So off the top, from the jump, this deception rose out as some variation of what God said, but not exactly. Glory to God. Some variation of what God said, but not exactly. You shall not eat of every tree of the God. Didn't say that. Let's go back and see what God said. Amen. He says to Adam, uh, he commanded him, uh, every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of life, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day you eat, you shall surely die. That's what the Lord said. Satan comes in and says, you shall, did God say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he mixed it, amen, some variation, got some words in it, but it's an outright covered up lie. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat nor touch it, lest you die. Praise God. There was no mention of about touching it. There was no, amen. So the problem that we have, that we have to uh, really investigate both then and now in our life is understanding the word of God, amen, as it really is, as it really is. What he said was wrong. What she repeated back was wrong. What he said was wrong was an outright lie. What she repeated back was, was distorted and wrong. So now we have the basis of the fall. We have the base right now. Everything from here on out is really downhill because, amen, what she, what she said, God said, in essence, was a lie. He lied, then she turned around, amen, because for whatever the reason she didn't know it, amen, she lied. God didn't say it. God did not say that. Praise God. Some of the greatest deception that's going on right now is out of what did God really say? Glory to God. So the only way, beloved, as believers, you're going to be able to walk heavy and walk in freedom, you got to know this word. You got to know this word. Then the set, then the set, the, verse four, then the serpent said to the woman, 
you shall, you will not surely die. Amen. So he, 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 he's progressed now from a, like a little dressed up kind of lie, which is deception. He just outright lied. God said, he, the serpent said, you will not surely die. God said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Amen. So now he's progressed to, from insinuating to stir up, create confusion and doubt to just outright lying. Amen. Then he says something that's crazy. Amen. As though they, they, they couldn't have no more than they already have. But here's what he says. For God knows that in the day that you eat of, of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Praise God. But that's the lie. Glory to God. So the issue is, and, and we'll run to Genesis 22, 3 and 22. Here's the real issue. Here is the, listen to this, beloved. Here is the real issue after the fall. Then God, the Lord God said, behold, man is like us, like one of us to know good and evil. Now, least he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat forever. Amen. And live forever. This is the problem. This is the problem. Now he has entered a realm that he was not intended to by eating the fruit. Amen. And now if he take his hand and eat the tree of life, he's going to live forever in a sinful state. Live forever in a fallen state. Glory to God. Therefore, the Lord sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground which he was which he had was which he was taken so he drove him, the man drove out the man he placed cherubs at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming swords were turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life glory to god and what god is is doing through christ to get us back to is the tree of life amen praise god uh let me get back to my point amen so the issue was, what did God really say? Deception. Deception came into play to hide the truth, to outright lie. Once, the, once they ate, amen, once that deception was firmly in place, deception then turned over to temptation. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, amen, she wasn't looking at that tree like that, until the dialogue that she had with the serpent was fully in place and the lie was secure, then all of a sudden she started looking at the tree in a different way. Glory to God. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye, amen, the tree desirable to make one wise, and that's summed up in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, in the pride of life, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband. And he, amen, was with her and he ate. So we can write a book about, amen, evil communication, be not deceived, evil corruption. I mean, communication corrupts good manner. We can talk, uh, amen, about the communicable and the uh, effects of sin, the choice to, amen, to receive that fruit. Praise God. Amen. We can talk about that, amen, for a long time. Glory to God. And so the point that we're making, beloved, as God reveal more, reveals more of the text to us, we have to go back and study the first fall 
in its points. Go back and study the first fall and uh, its uh, all of the tools that the enemy used, the lie, the, here's the key word, the deception that was released. As a result, you see that man uh, is, is in a fallen state as a result of the first thing that come into play is deception. Glory to God. Amen. That's why the exhortation for you and I, beloved, in this hour is to be sober and to be vigilant. Amen. To be sober and to be vigilant. That's the, that's the thing. Glory to God. Amen. So um, there's much more to say about that. I'm running out. I'm spending too much time in that. Praise God. So we have to go back and we have to study, amen, the development of deception, how we're deceived. Glory to God. Paul said in Colossians, the second chapter, let no one deceive you. Praise God. Through crafty words. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 3 through 6, Matthew 24, verses 3 through 6, he says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when all these things, uh, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and in the end of the age? And then Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed, be very careful, that no one deceive, that deceives you. Glory to God, for many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. Glory to God, that's the, that's the characteristics of the enemy that's going to be working strongly in the end times is deception. Amen. So crafty in the deception that many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. Many will do that. Many are going to use hiding the truth, outright lying to deceive many, saying, I'm the Christ, amen, and, we'll, and going to deceive many, amen. Jesus predicts it's going to be effective. Why? This is the strength of deception when you don't know the word of God. And you will hear wars and the rumor of, rumors of war. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come but the end is not yet. You're going to see all kinds of craziness, but the end is not yet. Jesus is not going to walk on the earth again in a human suit. We shall be caught up in him in the air. That's number one. So the deception won't work when you know that his first and only time to be in a human suit walking on the earth, amen, is done. Glory to God. Amen. That's how strong and that's how, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, wicked the deception is going to try to be to say even I, up to saying I am Christ. Now, that, if that ain't if that don't mess you up, I don't know what will. Glory to God, Amen. See, so beloved, we should not be ignorant concerning His devices. We should not be ignorant concerning His devices. Now, this is why the enemy will fight continuously and very craftily and very cunning word-based ministry. Because the more word you get, amen, the more clear your understanding is of it, the less likely you're going to be deceived. So maturity is the front line against deception. Amen. Maturity is the front line against the deception, a.k.a. you got to know your word. You have to be cunning and know your word. Amen. So when deception comes, 
and the lie is cut. Is amen. If the lie is amen, dressed up looking like the truth, you can say the same thing that Jesus said. It is written, amen. It's written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord God. God. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Amen. It is written. Glory to God. That's why the enemy and all of his demons will fight vigorously, word-based, spirit-filled church. Amen. Because it causes the believers to grow to a mature place. And in a mature place, it is the front line against the, of defense for themselves and for the church. Glory to God. Amen. There'll always be warfare surrounded by you studying the word. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, these thought patterns, these malicious lies, all of these things, amen, that keep people from knowing God better. Glory to God. Amen. So what we are purposing to do in this 40 days of fasting and prayer is to empower you with the word, arouse your interest, amen, to go on to maturity, amen, stir you up to believe God to be the best you you can be at the point you are right now and that you manifest yourselves, amen, as kingdom citizens and you walk in purpose, you walk in power, you walk, amen, with a, 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 an agenda in your mind, understanding what the word of the Lord says. Glory to God. That's the purpose of the pushing and the fasting, amen, and the every night calling so that we can stir you up, kindle a fire in you. Glory to God. Kindle a fire in you so that, amen, you, when you stir it up, you will learn how to mature in Christ, become, grow to the full measure of the statue of Christ. Amen. Become a big, uh, a, a technon, amen, a huyos a grown son in the Lord. Glory to God. That's what we're doing. That's why we're coming together. That's why we're pressing in his word. That's why we're reading the scripture verbatim, word for word. Amen. So we don't fall into the same condemnation of the devil by using bits and pieces that eventually when you keep on doing that, it is no longer truth. Stay with that word. Glory to God. Stay with the word. Amen. James now, chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. Amen. And um, you have to study this out on your own. My time, amen, is, is just about up. James 1, uh, verses 12 through 15. This is, this is very good for us too. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation, who endures temptation. So that automatically implies that, amen, temptation, you can be tempted to sin, amen, for, for a while. The enemy would come with temptings even in the night hour. You'll wake up with something deviant on your mind. Endure temptation. Glory to God. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. But when he has been proved or tried, he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. Amen. That's the, that's the answer, loving him. Let no one say that when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God does, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Amen. So the writer says the source of tempting is not God. The source of tempting. Now, God tries 
the heart, but he don't tempt with evil. Amen. This didn't come from God. This did not come from God. Amen. This is not a God thing. Praise God. He's not some kind of sick lover to dangle a choice in front of your face, and then when you choose, come and attack you. This is not God. Glory to God. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away. Drawn away from where? Drawn away from, from what? Amen. By his own desire and enticed. There's a certain place that we in as we progress in fasting and prayer. We're building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We're being sanctified from the world. Amen. We are progressing in him. And when we're tempted, we're drawn away from the progress that we have made. Glory to God. Amen. Drawn away how? We're tempted by, drawn away by his own desire. Every one of us in here, every one of us here uh, listening or that will listen, we all have a desire. Some fall because of drugs. Some fall because of some, some are tempted Amen. Alcohol, some tempted by monies and plastic, swiping in plastic, some tempted through sex, some tempted through lying. But we all have a, our own desire and enticed. Amen. Verse 15. Uh, then, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully full grown, amen, brings forth death. And death, death just simply means separation from life. Glory to God. Amen. Separation from the life. Amen. So desire is one thing. Conception is another. See, it shows you the progress, the pattern to what tempting is trying to achieve. Shows you the plan, the steps. When desire is conceived, amen, it goes from just a looking to then it's something in your heart that you can't get rid of. It's on your mind. You've got it's is amen. It's growing in you as a baby would. Amen. It is conceived. Amen. And once it's conceived, it gives birth. Glory to God. Where did that come from? It's been conceived maybe nine months ago. It's been conceived in the times past. It's just now manifesting in sin. Glory to God. And so many times believers, we just go straight to the sin part and not really counsel what happened during the conception? My God, we go straight to the sin part. Oh, we see the end result. Whose baby is that? <laughs> Where did that Ishmael come from? Praise God. But amen. But in order to educate, in the order to get it in its right sequence, we got to go back to the desire. And when did the when did the conception happen and why? Amen. So somewhere between that tempting in conception, amen, was deception, was a deceiving spirit. Praise God. Amen. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, amen, separates us from God. And then we feel like we can't hear God, no moving in the spirit, feel lost, don't know what's happening. I'm not like, come on now. We know what's happened. Glory to God. You know, anybody ever talk about that and say, I don't know what happened, be like, yeah, if you separated from God, something must have gotten birth to Got, must have, something must have to conceive. It was given birth. Sin got full and big, and now you're separated. So, amen. <laughs> but glory to God. Even if it's tempted to have a prayerless life, amen, to not pray, a prayerless life is sin. Praise the name of the Lord. It's the sin. 
Amen. So uh, there's a lot that I want to say, and there's so much in this. But the genesis, I mean, the basis of what I'm saying is that we have to study the enemy's patterns. We have to study what's been given to us in the past. We have to study and know what has caused us personally as other people to fall. Amen. Stop looking at it as some place to laugh on or to make jokes out of. But if a high-level leader that is, has been and is truly anointed fall is really an indicator to you what's coming down the pipe. Amen. Coming down the line. So you must gird yourselves up and start, amen, finding out what, what the enemy is using in this hour. Praise God. And one of the most basic Genesis-type conversations the enemy is using to manipulate the saints is deception. Amen. So much deception going on in this hour, it is alarming. Amen. But the word has already been spoken by Christ that many will be deceived. Glory to God. So that's the issue that we're trying to bring to we bring to light. Amen. What are the ways that your adversary, you got to know your enemy. Amen. My time is up. You got to know and study to know how your, your adversary operates so that when you see him, you expect him. When you see him, you discern quickly. Oh, that's, that's the demon. Praise God. We're not even going over there. Glory to God. And even the slightest things, you start to understand that this tempting is going to lead to pregnancy. Glory to God. Amen. So let's stop this right now. So you have to be exceptionally careful when you are observing the adversary at work so that you take notes. Stop. Amen. Not from an objective standpoint where we, we can throw in ridicule, but from a subjective point to say, let me learn from this for myself. Praise God. And there are four ways. Number one, through deception. Number two, through temptation. Number three, through distraction and through, amen, uh, oppression. Amen. If you want to study about distraction, amen, uh, Nehemiah is a great place to start. Amen. Starting in, in chapter three. Amen. Nehemiah three is a great place to start, especially through chapter four, five, and six. Every time the enemy tried to distract him, Nehemiah prayed, but he kept on pressing, kept on working. Amen. And so I, I, I taught a series uh, a while ago entitled Don't Let Opposition Become a Distraction. Praise God. Don't let opposition become a distraction. Amen. So the enemy wants to distract you away from the purpose and the plan of God through all kinds of means. But once you hear the word of God, once you know the voice of God and what the Lord said, stay on it until you hear something different. If you don't hear nothing different, stay on it. Everything else is from your flesh or it's a lie. Amen. Everything else is, through, is from your flesh or it's a lie. Amen. So this is, this is what we're really trying to make drive home to you in this last night of warfare. To be truth be told, I probably can talk three months about spiritual warfare, never say the same thing twice. Praise God. But you have to, beloved, search the scripture, amen, for yourself and find out what it is that the enemy uses and how he uses. He's very cunning and he's a schemer. Amen. He's a deceiver of the brethren and he's a liar. Amen. That you got to study because I promise you, and I'm done, that he's studying you more than you're studying him. Amen. I'm going to say it again. He's studying you more than you're studying him. Amen. So we got to reverse it. Find out what's happening. Find out what has worked in your life and in the past. And then you and I, beloved, we can become, uh, we can become more empowered 
amen, to uh, resist, to stand against, and become an enemy to our enemy. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I pray, Father, that this will empower your people, that it will bring us into a place of clarity, bring us into a place, Father God, where we don't repeat the same things over and over, but we become wise, we become more strong, we become more resilient and more determined to walk in holiness. We bless you, Father. We thank you, God. Magnify you, adore you. You alone are worthy, and we bless you in Jesus' name. 